Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. The communion cups are out there in the foyer. Let's read here in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading out the New King James. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place uh, while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse number 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Let us pray this morning as we finish up this series, Generous, on this Sunday morning. Father, we give you praise. I thank you, Lord, for the worship that has went forth. I pray, God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we begin this message, this Christmas message, I want to bring you to a, a, a Christmas song called, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I want you to notice the two lines that sets up this Christmas message. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I don't know if you've caught on to this, but during this entire worship set before you, you have seen those two phrases, hope and fear. Thrill of hope, hope and fear. And that begins to set up the message this morning. Because I believe on the very first Christmas, you had both of those happening on that particular morning whenever Jesus was born. I believe you had hope and I also believe that they were dealing with fear. And it seems like for us today, as we end the year of 2021... We, we have more fears than hopes as a society, seeing the shaky state that our world is currently in. And if you noted, notice in Luke chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says, Fear not, because I believe that in the first Christmas, it was not as peaceful as we may think it was. I always get a kick out of this. I mean, when the baby Jesus was born, do we think he didn't cry when he came out? I think he cried when he came out. I think he had colic. Come on, somebody. Come on, mamas. Burping that baby, <laughs> crying all night. Did Mary not have pain when, when baby Jesus was born? Now, I think she had pain. 
I think she screamed like the best of them. Come on, somebody. I don't think baby Jesus just came out the womb, went over there and made his own bottle and fed his own self. Come on. Then you had these shepherds show up. Now, I don't know how y'all felt whenever you had your children, but I didn't want a whole lot of folks coming into uh, the hospital room when we had our child, uh, our children. I have two children. So anyways, our first child, Robin, whenever we had her, my sister was in there with a video camera, Tracy in a video camera, videotaping everything. I was 19 years old. That was stressing me out, y'all. I was stressed out because I was having a child, and then my sister was videotaping everything. I finally said, listen, Tracy, you got to, y'all, y'all got to get out of here because I'm about to lose my mind, and you got some shepherds coming up somehow. Let me see your baby Jesus. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? Not only that, I believe they were surrounded by uncertainty. In fact, I know they were because they did not leave Bethlehem and travel back to Nazareth where they're from. They left Bethlehem and went down into Egypt because of the persecution that had broken out in that city as a result of this birth. Now, I think they were surrounded by some stuff. And I believe that we are also surrounded by fear in our society. I I see political fear in the air. I'm seeing COVID fear again in the air. I'm seeing economic fear and social fear that is surrounding us. This fear is being spread into every heart, into every mind. And if you have fear in your heart, it did not come from the Holy Spirit. And my objective this morning is to make sure that the people of God, the people who follow after Jesus, replaces that fear with hope this morning. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, peace, and of a sound mind. And I pray that you are reminded of that during Jesus' birth. So what did Mary have to fear? Well, in Luke chapter 1, verse 29, it tells us that Mary was a virgin and that she was troubled by the sayings of this angel. Why was she troubled? Because she was a young virgin, around 14 or 15 years old. And it was at this time that God said, you are blessed and highly favored. Well, thank you for telling me I'm blessed and highly favored. But you just said that I'm going to be the birth mother of the Son of God. And and so I have a little fear that crips into my heart. One, because I am engaged to a man who is not going to be the father of this child. So what what is he going to think? What is the people around me going to think? Are they going to stone me? Are they going to kill me? Because back in those days, if you got pregnant before you got married, that was a major, major sin. And they would bring rocks, are you hearing me, to judge you? Are you listening to what I'm saying? But I believe it was that she was with fear and trouble, not just because of that. But I believe, point number one, I believe Mary dealt with the fear of inadequacy. Here she is, minding her own business trying to get married, trying to pick out her colors. Come on, somebody. Making sure that everything matches and the bridesmaid and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, Hey, 14-year-old, you are going to be the mother of Jesus. Inadequacy. What does that mean? The lack of the quantity or quality required. Listen to me. In other words, I don't have enough inside of me to do what you're asking me to do. I am not able to do this assignment. God, Mr. Angel, you picked the wrong one. I am not qualified to be the mother of Jesus. You got the wrong one. Now I want you to put this in perspective in your own life. 
How many times do we read in the Bible where he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 6, that you are already accepted in the beloved. That when you got saved, you're accepted in the beloved right then, right now. You are already accepted. How many times do we read that we also are highly favored, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are blessed coming and blessed going. We read in Joel chapter 3, verse 10, that let the weak say that I am strong, but yet, when we read the very words of God about ourselves, we still have a tendency to tell ourselves, no, this is not for me. No, I am not qualified. I am inadequate. I am not good enough to serve Jesus. I am not good enough to do the things that God has called me to do. Mary learned, and I pray to God, everybody in this room learns this same lesson this morning. That you may not be good enough, but He is God enough. Somebody say amen right there. I'm going to say it again because I pray you get this. If you're dealing with some inadequacy in your heart, listen to me. You may not be good enough, but He is God enough. Luke chapter 1 verse 35 when Mary began to question how is this going to happen God's going to make this happen the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and then later Jesus teaches us this principle in Luke 18 verse 27 that what may be impossible with man it is possible with God so what do you do when you don't feel good enough when you're dealing with this inadequacy in your heart well I can tell you what Mary did Mary struck up a song in Luke chapter 1 verse 46 and following Mary began to worship Mary began to praise a good weapon against the feelings of inadequacy is praise and worship it is amazing that when you begin to tell God how good he is when you begin to tell God how big he is he begins to take all of that fear out of your heart and he begins to replace it with faith. It's amazing how that happens. We shouldn't be shocked though. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And my prayer is in this service, especially when we jump over here and take communion, that if that is you, you're dealing with some inadequacy, I pray this morning that you begin to replace that with the power of God in your life. Number two, let me move on. Point number two, I believe Mary and Joseph was dealing with the fear of man's opinion. That's right. Because in Matthew chapter 1 verse number 18, it tells me that when Joseph found out that he's about to have a child that's not his, it's from the father, to his uh, engaged wife Mary, verse number 18, he had some problems with it. In fact, skip over to verse number 19. It says here that Joseph contemplated on getting rid of her privately. In other words, what is everybody going to say about me on Facebook that my engaged wife is pregnant and I ain't even the daddy? Well, just tell them God did it. Oh, yeah, right. Like anybody's going to believe that? Come on, somebody. Do you know the rumors that's going to be out on you at your workplace? Talking about your uh, engaged wife is pregnant and it ain't your, uh, and you're not the father. God's the father. Ain't nobody going to believe you. Are you hearing me? Nobody believed him. Verse number 20. He had to have an angel show up in his dream to tell him not to fear. Fearful of what other people will say. Mary was pregnant out of wedlock. 
Mary was a young woman. Mary was supposed to be a virgin. Mary is pregnant and Joseph knows he is not the daddy. What are, the, what are men going to say about me? Joseph is asking, should I end this marriage altogether? Hear me in the name of the Lord. God had to send a dream to calm his fears. The fear of man will strangle you. Did you hear what I just said? When you are afraid of what other people say about you and think about you, it chokes you. It strangles you. Let me help somebody. Let me set somebody free this morning. You cannot please everybody. <laughs> you cannot please everybody. A coach can't please everybody. A preacher can't please everybody. The mama isn't going to please everybody. The daddy ain't going to please everybody. You are not going to make everybody happy. Can I just set you free and just go ahead and lay that at the altar this morning? The fear of the Lord is what liberates you. The fear of the Lord frees you to pursue the things of God. It is the fear of man that cripples you. It is the fear of man that strangles you. You cannot live your life based on what other people say about you are you listening to me Galatians 1 10 Paul says in a different way he says listen if I was still trying to please man I would not be serving Jesus but I'm trying to serve Jesus which means I'm not trying to please you if you ever if you please man and not God you end up with nothing but if you please God and not man you end up with everything eternal life. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. That leads me to number three, the fear of change. The fear of change. you got to understand in Luke chapter 2 verse number 9 when the angels came and verse number 10 and verse number 11 right there, when the angels came and began to sing, understand that was 400 years before that moment of no glory from Malachi to Matthew 400 years of no angels of no new revelation and when the angels showed up it, it, it signified a change was coming the status quo is now over hear me God's interruptions are always inconvenient okay let that sink in God's interruptions are always inconvenient it's never the perfect time to step out in faith. It's, it's, there is always a reason not to do something. It was inconvenient for Mary and Joseph at the moment that she got pregnant. It created conflict in their life. It created strife in their life. That was not convenience to serve God. Are you listening to me this morning? It was not convenient for the shepherds to leave their sheep and to run over there. It was not convenient. Come on, mamas. This woman was eight to nine months pregnant, riding a donkey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. Come on, we sit in our, in our leather seats. We got lumbar support. Talk to me in here. We, can, we, we even got a heated seat right now. You little cold. We can put a little heat on your seat. Not Mary. This woman's eight, nine months pregnant. Run a donkey all the way down to Bethlehem. That's not convenient. That census was not convenient. There was no room in the inn. That is not convenient. The fear of change and the fear of failure makes dreams impossible to accomplish. But you have to have a resolve in your spirit that no matter what, no matter what my purpose is, God is still God. 
Fear must lose its grip from your life. It must not bring you down so low that it makes you want to give up. Leads me to number four. The fear of losing control. And this is where Herod comes into the story, the Christmas story. He had a fear of losing control. Herod was known as the king of of Palestine, of that area. And now in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1, you have some wise men coming from the east into Jerusalem, verse number 2, asking the ruler, the governor of that area, so tell me, Mr. King, Mr. Governor, the ruler of, of Palestine, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him, verse number 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was greatly joyed for the new king to come. This control freak was troubled, y'all, and all of Jerusalem with him. Why was all of Jerusalem troubled with Herod? Because in verse number 16, he started killing every baby who was two years and younger. He started slaughtering them in that surrounding area because of his because of his fear of losing control. Herod did not want to lose control and thought and also lose his position. He was put in that position by Rome in order to keep order and to pacify the Jews. You can go to the next slide. This is a picture of what uh, of what Herod looked like. They have found this in archaeology archaeology um, digging in Jerusalem. This is a, a on a coin. And so you got to understand, he was put in power in 37 B.C. at 32 years old. He was put there because of the Parthians invaded Palestine, and he was brought in to fight them back. He divorced his first wife, married a Jew in order to pacify the Jews. He expands the temple in 10 B.C. again, trying to pacify the Jews. But towards the end of his life, he loses grip on reality and kills most people who is close to him. He winds up killing his brother-in-law, he kills his mother-in-law. He kills his wife because they were all threats to his power. He was a barbarian and he was a murderer. He killed both of his sons, not to mention the fact that he killed all the babies trying to find baby Jesus. The more insecure you are, the more in control you try to be. Are you listening to me? Moves me to point number five, and I will be closing here shortly. The fear of unmet expectations. In Luke chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were the birth parents of John the Baptist. So they had no children later in life. And here they are now later in their life. And an angel shows up and says, you're about to have children. The reason that he had, I believe, that he had trouble believing the words of this angel is because of unmet expectations. They had tried their entire life to have children and never was able to have children. And now the angel shows up and says, you're about to get what you've never had, children. He struggled with that. The angel spoke. Zechariah doubted. He could not speak. That was his, his, um, his punishment. So therefore, he could not speak because all he could talk in was fear and in doubt. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We must speak in faith and we must speak the word of God over our life. Matthew 5, 37 says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And because of unmet expectations, we begin to deal with a cynical attitude. Do you know what, a, do you know what the word cynical means? It means this, distrusting or disparaging the motives of others. 
And because of our unmet expectations in church, we have a cynical attitude towards the preacher. Because of unmet expectations of each other, we have a cynical attitude towards each other. And sometimes because of an unmet expectation in God, we have a cynical attitude when it comes even towards the Father. In this case, Zechariah was distrusting the motives of the angel. He had given up hope, and here I begin to close it down. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, you need hope in serving God. And I don't know if 2021 has robbed you of your hope, and it has replaced it with a cynical attitude, but you better hear the preacher this morning as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. You need hope in this walk with God. Romans 15, 13. I'm going to hit these verses, then we're going to take communion. Now may the God of, somebody say hope, hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in, somebody say it, hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you cast off your hope, you lose your joy. If you have lost your joy, then check your hope account. Your hope account may be empty. You may be so cynical with everything around you that it's robbing you of your joy. Are you listening to me this morning? Proverbs 13 verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desires come, it is a tree of life. Hebrews 10 verse 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your hope, ladies and gentlemen. Psalms 31 verse 24. Uh, Be of good cheer and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who, somebody say it, hope in the Lord. During this Christmas season, get your hope in God back. Get your hope in God back. I don't know about you, but I'm going to leave this morning saying, I hope in God. That's where my, my hope is not in the political system. My hope is not in people. My hope is found in God. Check this one out. You're going to like this one. Zechariah chapter 9, verse number 12. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Now, we all understand what it means to be a prisoner of fear. No longer a slave to fear. We have songs about that. Listen to me. What the Bible is saying is that we are not a prisoner to fear. We are not a prisoner to worry. We are not a prisoner to our circumstances. We are a prisoner to hope. I can't do nothing but hope. When something bad comes my way, I am shackled to the, to the hope in God. My ch- I am in a prison called hope. We understand what it means to be in a prison of fear. You can't do nothing because you're afraid of what's going to happen. Well, guess what? I can't do nothing except put my hope in God. I'm about to throw my mic at somebody. Are you hearing what? I'm saying I am locked up in the hope of God I believe that God will answer my prayer something bad coming don't worry I put my hope in God bad news I put my hope in God bad that doctor's report I put my hope in God and you my circumstances cannot break me out of this prison because I am shackled to hope somebody say man I will see the salvation of the Lord oh you got to get that in your spirit man you are, a, you are shackled to hope. Nobody can pry you out of it. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. How about this one? But for him 
who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Somebody say amen right there. Do you get that analogy? <laughs> Romans chapter 5 verse 5 and I'm done. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Now hope does not disappoint. This is a thrill of hope. And my prayer for you right now is that if you have walked into this place and you have walked in here with a heaviness upon your spirit, as we were praying about this particular service, I was praying, God, what do you want to do? We don't come in here and go through the motions and take communion. and No, no, this always has an agenda. And the Holy Spirit said this, I want you to pray for people. That when they come in on this Sunday, that if you have a heaviness upon your shoulders, I want you to pray a prayer to lift it and I will answer that prayer. So this morning, if you walked in here with heaviness, I have a word for you. God is about to remove that heaviness off of your shoulders. He's going to unshackle you from the fear and worry and shackle you to hope in Jesus' name. Will you bow your heads right now? We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at RevivalCenterAG.com.